You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories because everything old is new again to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, it's our 50th episode. Holy crap. (laughs) We've been doing this for a while. I know it's so weird. I, I in my head I'm like, oh, I want to edit in like a fanfare sound effect, and for some reason I'm like, why isn't it there? Oh yeah, I gotta do that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a soundboard to do that on the air. <laughs> I know, right? I'm so tired. I'm like, where's the like trumpet sound and fireworks? Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, 50 episodes since December 2021. As of this recording, it is July of 2023. And that I think that's a pretty good run. Yeah, you know, I would say so. We didn't stick to a weekly schedule or even a biweekly schedule. I don't think we ever really expected that we would really get like a fast clip going. We just wanted to try to get as many episodes out as we could so that we could have some breathing room and a buffer zone to take breaks and things like that. But yeah, man, I'm I'm pretty impressed with 50 episodes. And yeah, if you'll if you'll indulge me for a second, I have a couple of things, a couple of statistics that I think are interesting to you and me. If the listeners out there don't give a shit, they can fast forward a minute or two. Like, we'll get to the good stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So this is the 15th episode of season two, right? Obviously, we did 35 in season one, if you do the math. And so far in season two, which we started this past December with Ash Saves Christmas, we have done, like I said, out of 15 episodes, we did one, two, three, four. Four of them were either super gushers or rental rants, which means we've done 11 improvs uh, so far uh, since season two. But all in all, out of 50 episodes, we have done 36 of those episodes were straight improv, 36, which means wow. that's. That's what, 72 percent, which I think is pretty good for, you know, our original mandate. And we knew that we were going to have some, you know, specials and things in there thrown in. Um, But it's even more when you consider the fact that two of the rental rant episodes we did in season one really probably could have been super gushers. And then we improv a little bit, both about the Friday the 13th. Nintendo Entertainment System game and with Michael O'May about G.I. Joe and like what we would do to relaunch a toy line. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about the uh, NES one. I completely forgot about that episode. That that kind of was an improv. Yeah, and it was a pretty fun one, too. I re-listened to it not that long ago. Every once in a while, when I get to the end of my podcast feed and I don't feel like starting a new audiobook, I'll just hit, like, a random old episode. Because sometimes it's just inspiring to go back and, like, oh, yeah, we did say we were going to do that one coming up, huh? We probably yep. should put that on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago that I was listening to that episode again. It came up in the feed, and I'm like, yeah, this this was actually really fun. And it was a fun idea for a Nintendo game. And, you know, the G.I. Joe episode was really fun, too. And that was just an excuse to come and have, 
you know, Michael May join us. And I think if we had done it today, we definitely would have done it differently. We either would have done a super gushers or we would have done like a two part special. But mm -hmm. uh, I still think that 38, even 38 improvs out of 50, which again is what 76%, right? So there we go. We got three quarters of our feed as just improv episodes. And, you know, I got to say, I'm pretty proud of it. So, you know, a little pat on my back, a little pat on your back. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. No, th this, I've, I've said several times, like, you know, I love, obviously I love all the shows that I do, but th this, this one there, it scratches a, a very specific itch for me. And I'm always really happy with every episode because I, I don't get to to flex my creativity on you know my other my other two podcasts all the time, you know like sometimes I do mm -hmm. but but not all the time. This one it's like every episode is like all right, what are we gonna come up with now? <laughs> like, yeah, so. it's a really nice venue to be creative and like work on some stories without having to sit in front of a keyboard for hours at a time. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I am really proud with what we what we've done uh, over the years and quite honestly like. I did not expect us to get so many episodes out because I know when we first started, you know, we were both kind of hemming and hawing about like, will we have the time? Because, you know, obviously we're, we're both, uh, you know, both family men. We have our mm -hmm. our family to, to worry about. And uh, then we, we also have full time jobs and, you know, we have a lot of other activities outside of this. So it's hard sometimes to juggle life and, you know, fun stuff like this. And uh, so I figured, oh, yeah, if we get an episode out a month, it'll be fun. And I am so happy that we have kept, you know, pretty freaking regular with this over the last few years. So, hell yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, I love it. I love the fact that we're at 50. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I totally agree. When we first started, I thought, man, if we can make it to like 20 episodes, I'll be happy that we like did something cool. And if it burns out after that, or if it fizzles out because we run out of ideas, or it's just too hard doing an improv all the time, then like, whatever, like we, we put, you know, a year's worth or whatever episodes behind us. But now I feel like we're just going strong. Oh, and hell yeah. One of the things that I really like, and if I could, you know, brag for a second in this 50th episode special, I think it's probably the best place to do it. Um, we had some guests on the last couple of episodes, and I thought it went really smoothly. And you know, no, no diss on Michael May or my brother Justin who came and joined us uh, last year for a Teen Wolf special, but when we first started having people on, it was kind of awkward. We didn't really know what we were doing, and you and I had been evolving the format over time. But yeah. these last couple episodes when we had Sam and Dawn on, it was like we had it down to a science to the point where I was able to just say, okay, you say something here and we're going to go. And they also both just understood where we were coming from. Like, yeah, no problem. Like, we get it. We've heard the episode. We kind of know the format. And, mm -hmm. you know, you could say that being formulaic is maybe a bad thing and it's not as creative as we'd like to be. But I'm actually really stoked on the fact that People know that we do have a format and we have a formula that works. You know, we have a standard intro and outro and, you know, we have some shticks and some cliches and some things that we say every time. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that we fell into this format that is not only familiar, it works really well, but it's kind of ours. You know, it's our signature way of doing a podcast. 
totally agree. Yeah, man. So I'm pretty stoked on it. And I, you know, thank you for coming along on the ride. And I know you're really busy with your two other podcasts on top of all the real life stuff and all the artwork that you do and going to conventions and, you know, custom pieces and working on books and, you know, have all <laughs> these creative, you know, irons in the fire. So the fact that, you know, you stick with me and, and, and also have as much fun as I'm having, like, I also love that. And I love the fact that we just get to you know, hang out with each other, but then hang out with our friends. Oh, hell yeah, man. Like this. I look forward to this. Every time we got one planned, I'm I'm excited leading up to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, and I joked in the last episode that maybe we don't want to have any more guest stars because we kind of have like a good thing going on. But, you know, I was just goofing around because the fact is I'm really looking forward to having more people guest star. So if you're oh, listening yeah. to this and, and you're one of the regulars and you, you know, you know us or you think you have something to add, please like let us know. Even if you have an idea, we don't normally honestly like to take listener ideas that much. Like let's be honest mm-hmm. um because we kind of have our own funnel of ideas that we're just trying to get to eventually <laughs> yep but occasionally we do get a really good idea from somebody you know like for like a sam or a don and i i would like to be able to do those and you know reprioritize and reshuffle the schedule a little bit which is a segue not to belabor the point a segue into the fact that today's episode actually came out of somebody else's idea originally when we did our Thanksgiving special last year, that was the Thanksgiving trailer segment from Grindhouse by director Eli Roth. And we had Michael O'May from the Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash podcast on to come and try to improv what the movie would be if Eli Roth had made it. Which, of course, now I guess he's working on making the real movie, so now I'm really curious to see what happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> now we'll find out if we got anything right. <laughs> uh, and when we had Mike on, and I could be remembering this wrong because I have a terrible temporal memory, but what I do remember is chopping a huge conversation out of our recording of that episode because we had gone down this side trail of, well, we can do this and this and this. And then it was Mike who suggested that when we do the inevitable return to slasher camp, that we, of course, would need to have Ernest P. Worrell visit <laughs> Camp Crystal Lake and come and have some fun with uh, Freddie and Jason and the boys. And so that's what we're here for, man. I'm super excited to do Ernest Goes to Slasher Camp. Yep. I, <laughs> oh my God, I have so many ideas that I got to pare it down. You know, like <laughs> this was one of those ones that just the thought of it ignited so many fun concepts in my head. So I, I'm real excited to see where we go with this. I'm really excited to see what uh ideas meld and which ones don't but uh yeah this this is this is one i've been looking forward to oh yeah me too big time big time uh, before we get into the meat of it there's a couple of topics we should cover and first of all as i mentioned you know mike had the idea that we do this as a sequel to slasher camp for anyone listening who hasn't listened to our previous slasher camp episode and you're not sure what our top what we're talking about you know in our archive it was our 31st episode from uh 2022 freddie and jason bros before hoes no freddie and jason bros Bros before before bitches bitches. yeah uh yeah so in freddie and jason bros before bitches that was our attempt to take freddie versus jason and do our own spin on it like just do a redo as a comedy a buddy comedy with freddie and jason starting their own summer camp so they could just have like a victim farm 
<laughs> and it was hilarious. You and I were cracking each other up so much. I had to edit out so much just hysterical <laughs> belly laughing, you know. Um, but while it's not our most popular episode from a download perspective, which somehow is Summer School 2, The Dave and Chainsaw Massacre, which <laughs> far, far outweighs all of our other episodes, like combined, I think, at this point. Um, but in our most well-received and highest-reviewed episode, the one we got the best feedback on, and in some cases, immediate feedback within like hours of it hitting a feed, was our episode about Freddie and Jason. And yeah, it, it just hit really it hit a sweet spot for the people who listen to this show. And you and I said in that episode that we were absolutely going to do another one of these. It was our second of three Halloween specials last year. And we had said in that episode that we were going to come back to Slasher Camp next Halloween. But then we decided, fuck that. It's summer camp. It's summertime. And we're not waiting till Halloween. Screw it. I can't wait any longer. We have to do it. I've been sitting on this idea ever since Mike mentioned it. And I cut it out of the recording. And I told everyone, I told you guys both, like, don't say anything. Just shush. Mom's the word. Like, we're going to get to it. <laughs> and I'm stoked that it's finally time. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Like, this is, this is one that's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, excitement surrounding just coming back to some of these, like, we do have our staples, like we have our Arnieverse. Those are always fun to get to. And we have a few other uh, concepts that you and I have discussed where it's like, oh, that's going to be a fun one. But something about Slasher Camp, like I feel like even though clearly it's not our IP, we're using a bunch of stuff that pre is pre-existing. It just feels like, you know, th this is something uniquely ours. Yeah, I totally agree. It's one of those ideas that seems so obvious you can't believe someone else didn't do it and we finally got one of our own <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know i was listening to the episode recently getting ready to record this and refresh my memory and actually yeah you said that during the episode you're like i can't believe no one's done this already and i'm like yeah you know maybe somebody has some fan film out there or some youtube video i'm sure that somebody has mashed up freddie versus jason as freddie and jason at some point or some dumb son comedy version of it but i've never seen it and mm -hmm. I just the whole concept of a summer camp slasher movie where the slashers are like the heroes. I'm like, how come no one has done that? That's such a great idea. You know? it's, it's so silly. I love it. <laughs> I think I think it's great. And so Ernest goes to camp, though, is the it, it, tur it turned out to be the key that lit all the light bulbs up as soon as Mike mentioned it. It was like, oh, fuck, I want to do this right now. Oh, I can't believe we have to wait. <laughs> <You know>? Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, all of us, we grew up on fucking Ernest movies like that was that was another staple of the 80s was was. And it's weird how this all started, because didn't Jim Varney first do the character for a fucking commercial? Yeah, he did, actually. So Jim Varney was a comedian who invented the character of Ernest P. Worrell as an ad character, an ad mascot or whatever you call yeah. those. And yeah, it was for his friend, uh, who was his name, Cherry, John R. Cherry, who directed Ernest Goes to Camp. His friend worked and I think he co-owned this advertising agency. And it was just a local one in like Nashville. But everyone really liked, loved this character. It was like the, you know, like the Geico gecko or whatever. Like people just really responded to the character and they leveraged it as a company into using Ernest as an ad uh, spokesman for bigger and bigger advertisements. And the company did really well. And so they went from being this local advertising 
uh, agency to a national chain. And eventually Ernest did do some like big name national products, not a ton because they did transition into movie and TV pretty quickly after that. But I think he did Coca-Cola and maybe something else, maybe some insurance company. But yeah, as a kid, I remember seeing him in commercials first. And Ernest Goes to Camp came out in 1987, so I would have been seven years old. But I, I remember even as a little kid thinking like, oh, it's that Ernest guy and like wanting to see the movie because I had seen, you know, Ernest, you know, talking to Bird, know what I mean? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so weird the way that like became this pop culture zeitgeist because it's like it was literally just an annoying neighbor like, hey, Vern, like just constantly getting in his face, like talking at the camera. But we all loved it. I, I don't know like why we all loved it, but everybody I knew liked Ernest. Yeah, he was just like a fun dumbass. You know? <laughs> yeah, like I remember even my dad and my mom liked those commercials and like like it was just like the whole family liked Ernest, you know. So yeah. when, when Ernest Goes to Camp came out, I remember my whole family like going to see. I think my sister didn't go, but I know like my brother was with me and both of my parents were there. And I remember we were all laughing at how stupid it was, but we had a good time. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie. I don't remember seeing it in the theater, but I remember like wearing the fucking VHS out. And it would have been something oh, we, taped yeah. off, we taped off a TV, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we very, back in the 80s, you didn't really buy VHS because they were like 50 bucks, you know? That was crazy. Um, but yeah. yeah, we definitely would have taped it off a of Showtime or HBO or one of those. And, you know, maybe it was on network TV. My dad was one of those guys that would pause and cut the commercials out, you know? Yep. Uh, I, I was never that diligent. But I remember watching it over and over and over. It's one of my favorite childhood movies. And I don't think I've seen it in 20 years or more. I don't know why I never wanted to revisit it. But I always had such a like warm spot in my nostalgic heart when people would bring up Ernest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's mainly because I saw some of the sequels. You know, there was... Uh, you know, Ernest Saves Christmas and Ernest Scared Stupid. And there was a whole bunch of them. And yep. I don't I don't really think I liked any of them, except for Ernest Saves Christmas. I do remember enjoying that. I remember my brother and I going to see that in the theater in, in like January. And there was nobody there because it wasn't Christmas anymore. And we were the only ones <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> yep. Um, but Ernest Goes to Jail is like dumb. And yeah. Ernest Scared Stupid is like, it's a fun like Halloween type movie, but it's not very good, you know, like objectively. Right. Um, and I think maybe just as the quality dropped off and I became a tween and a teen, it was like, oh, Ernest, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and eventually Jim Varney did other characters and went on and, and did other, you know, franchises like the fucking Beverly Hillbillies movie. <laughs> oh, he, he was so good in that. <laughs> he was. And I was like, it felt like almost, you know, we left that behind. Ernest was like a vestige of the 80s. And, you know, not everything needs to you don't need to hang on to everything. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Watching it as an adult, like, don't get me wrong, the nostalgia is is there. I, I watched uh, Ernest Saves Christmas this past Christmas, and it was just, it was a nostalgic love letter. Like, the movie is stupid as hell, but I was, you know, I was a kid again watching this movie. And then watching uh, Ernest Goes to Camp leading up for, for this recording, um, there was a lot of moments where I was, like, rolling my eyes, like, oh, wow, that's dumb. But there were also a lot of moments where I felt like a little kid again watching it. There's that nostalgic love. Yep. Yeah. I, I, having not seen it in such a long time, Ernest Goes to Camp specifically, I was really surprised at how much I liked it. And not just because of the nostalgia, because, you know, I watched a lot of movies in the 80s and like 
they don't really hold up, but I still mm-hmm. enjoy them. Like we did the gate on the Boogeyman's Closet as one of my birthday picks. And yep. like it's got a lot of problems, but I love it because of the nostalgia. Not everyone else does, you know? Right. <laughs> um <laughs> As one example, and even even something like The Legend of Billie Jean, like there's a lot of movies from the 80s that are like they're more about what they were at the time and they really don't hold up. But I was shocked at how much I liked it and not just because I was enjoying myself. And I watched it with my son, Griffin, who he's 11 and he still thought it was hilarious. And um, but like the cinematography was good. The film stock was good. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was a decent budget movie. It wasn't some low budget schlock fi- flick that some ad agency made to break into Hollywood. Like this was a legitimate Hollywood movie and they didn't have any giant stars, but there was guys like John Vernon and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's his name? Gaylord Sartan, who plays the chef. He's, he, I, oh, he's like, yeah, yeah. he's like a bit player in a ton of movies like fried green tomatoes Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they had Iron Eyes Cody, you know, the famously un-Indian Native American, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so it's like, again, it wasn't a big hit. They got a couple of names, but I, yeah, I really thought the story flowed well. The characters were likable. You know, even the characters you were supposed to not like, you you kind of came around to their side or you could see their side. And you know, these the, the pack of like, you know, second chancer kids who were supposed to be these thugs, they were believable as troublemakers. And yet at the same time, oh, you knew those scamps had a heart of gold, you know, yep. and <laughs> I, I think what it is, is that I believed it. I believed everything that movie was trying to get across, even Ernest's ridiculous antics. They weren't so over the top and cartoonish where I was rolling my eyes. I was like, OK, yeah, this is for kids. Sure. He gets a turtle stuck on his nose you know whatever and <laughs> right <laughs> but again I, I i believed it you know i was in it and i even the storytelling like with the fucking uh checkoff's golf cart like how cool was that <laughs> yeah <laughs> the golf cart did have me cracking up i can't lie like that that was funny because i forgot that it came back at the end i'm like yeah. okay that's good oh um, yeah the, Part in particular that had me rolling my eyes were the, the two chefs where they were talking about adding modeling clay to their egg surprise. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree. The chefs are funny. I think the sh- I think the chefs are there for like the real little kids. You yeah. Know? And I thought they were hilarious when I was seven. Now as an adult, I'm like, OK, whatever. That's that's kind of goofy. You right. know, but then you get guys like John Vernon and he's chewing the scene as a serious character actor as the villain. And, you know, he's he's there for the adults to see something that's actually good on screen and isn't just a cheese fest for, you know, an hour and a half, you know. Right. <laughs> and, and so see, I, I, th- I always think of him from Killer Clowns as the asshole cop. Um, uh, was that Mooney? Uh, from Killer Clown. So it's like, I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, ah, he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But again, I think that's one of the things that the movie did well that I don't think some of the follow-ups like Ernest Saves Christmas and Ernest Scared Stupid did well, which is that they managed to make it enjoyable for literally everybody. Like it was all across an age age group. Like you had the right. serious story of the, you know, white industrialist uh, taking advantage of the, the Native American, you know, holding on to traditional values. And then you had like the 
the tween punk kids who were dressed so fucking cool and you know they were <laughs> they were so badass and i remember thinking they were so cool and even now i'm like it's weird how the fashion goes in in cycles because i'm like everything that these kids are wearing is cool again right now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> yep um, so I, that, I, that one kid with the little half shirt and the and the slicked back hair. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god, that's so eighties. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, that was. Oh, I forget Danny or somebody. Yeah, he. <laughs> but of course, the standouts were Bobby Wayne. He was like the 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 ringleader. He the guy who wore like the, the tie and the vest and the buttons when you first see him, right? Yep. But the character I loved the best as a kid, I loved him was Crutchfield. He's the one who had like the spiky hair and like the jean jacket vest on with a with a switchblade. Yeah. And and he out of all the people, you know, well Jacob Vargas who played Bubba, he's gone on to do some other things as well. But Scott Menville who played Crutchfield, I mm-hmm. looked him up because I'm like I've seen this guy somewhere, and it turns out no, I haven't seen him. I've heard You've him. Heard him. Yep. Yeah. Because he's a big big voice actor now, like doing uh, Teen Titans and shit like that. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's one of those guys that I hear his voice all the time because he's done uh, voices for a ton of video games that I play. So it's like he's he's all over the video game world. He's all over the cartoon world. Like, I mean, he's done the Teen Titans thing since what the the first Teen Titans launch. Yeah, because mm-hmm, um, yep. he's and he still did Robin's voice in Teen Titans Go as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I constantly hear that guy's voice because he's all over like world of warcraft and a bunch of blizzard games and stuff. <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah and i, I don't want to belabor the point because we got to get to the good stuff but the one kid uh vargas uh, the latino kid too i kept looking at his face and as i'm watching the movie going where have i seen this guy like he's so familiar is he is he in some other movie with like a heavy latino cast from the time like is he in la bamba or something and i couldn't figure it out and come to find out, I don't know if you're as much of a fan of Get Shorty as I am you know, <laughs> yes. with John Travolta and Danny DeVito. But he plays uh, Yayo, uh, you know, the the uh, the I forget where where he's from, if he's Cuban. But he was this like, you know, gangster guy who came to America and he had like money he was supposed to get in the airport. And he spends the yeah. whole movie in the airport afraid to open a locker. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, just... I didn't realize that was the same guy. Yeah, just like weird little connections, but I, I had to look up all the trivia because it was so interesting. But we reintroduced our Freddie and Jason. We you know talked a little bit about Ernest Goes to Camp. If you haven't seen Ernest Goes to Camp, by the way, or haven't seen it in a long time, it is worth your time. It definitely is worth your time. Don't oh, yeah. bother. Don't bother with the rest of them, honestly. Again, maybe Ernest Saves Christmas. Um, it's funny. I, I wrote it here in my notes. It's that Ernest was kind of like. The precursor to Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> You're <Right>? not wrong. <laughs> and, that, and that, like, you can watch Encino Man and, like, Son-in-Law, which I genuinely think is an amazing movie, especially one of the few examples of a good Thanksgiving movie. But mm-hmm. you watch you watch those two, and then everything Polly Shore did after that just goes more and more and more and more downhill, you know? But yep. it's, but just like Ernest, it was like, you know, Polly Shore in the army and Polly Shore in jail and whatever. It was like every movie is just the same character, but in a new situation. You know, it was yeah. just the, the weasel, but now I'm in the army. <laughs> you know, that's something that we don't do anymore. But like, that was a thing back in the day. Because like, look at Cheech and Chong. It was like, yeah. You know, Cheech and Chong, they're they're now they're now in medieval time for some reason. And it's like there was always like just just take these two characters and stick them in some scenario. 
And like, you don't see that often anymore. Like we did it with, with Cheech and Chong. We did it with Ernest. We did it with Pauly Shore. Like there's, there's definitely a trend of that in Hollywood. And I, I don't think that we have that anymore. Maybe John Cena now. Like, I feel like he's getting stuck <laughs> in a lot of stuff, but yeah, but he's not really playing the same character. You know what it is? It's like it goes back to like Abbott and Costello, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, yeah, I agree. You don't really see that too much. Where it's again, it's just the same character, but placed into this different environment. I think honestly, I think Will Ferrell might be the closest we get to that because even though his characters in like Talladega Nights and Anchorman, like they have different names, but they're all the same dumbass. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is true. <laughs> But even that's not really spot on. It's not really the same thing. Nothing like Polly Shore, who literally called himself like Stony and the Weasel in like all of those movies, you know? <laughs> the fucking Weasel. <laughs> so oh. we keep we keep belaboring the point, but now let's get to the good shit. So we have Ernest, who has this great movie where he is at a camp, you know, helping troubled kids. And he wants to be a camp counselor more than anything else. Kids of the VHS era like us grew up on it as a childhood classic. And then we have Freddy versus Jason or Freddy and Jason, where we took our, where we take our favorite summer camp and small town suburbia slasher guys. And we stick them in their own camp so they can do whatever they want. And, you know, somehow through Freddy's dream power, it's like they keep getting away with it. So I think now it's time to talk about how do we smash these two together and how do we work in these the sequels or maybe what if spinoffs that we mentioned in our last episode about Freddie and Jason. OK, well, I, I think uh, just for, for a, a quick synopsis for anyone who hasn't listened to the, the previous episode, I mean, definitely you know, pause this and go listen to the previous episode. But just a, a little thing where we ended off with the the first episode of it because we did we did continue on to a trilogy in that episode just kind of spitballing what if ideas for the future um we had we pretty much killed off all of the characters except for jess so we had the the one survivor girl who ended up kind of teaming up with freddie and jason because she was one of them um Mm -hmm. so we leave that off with them talking about expanding uh, you know, the the expanding Crystal Lake for the following year. So that that's where the episode, the the story of Freddie Freddie and Jason ended uh, in the last episode. Now, granted, we went on to talk about like what if Michael Myers comes in and we do a Halloween camp, and you know, we talked about like bringing Bubba Sawyer in as like the vegan cook. Um, like we had all <laughs> sorts of like fun ideas, and I do feel very strongly that we can fit a lot of those ideas into this sequel but much like uh you know much like a lot of proposed sequels like when you hear directors and actors talking about like oh this is what's going to come next a lot of times that changes by the time it, it reaches the uh the final story point point so we might not do all of the stuff we discussed but uh i know personally i want to fit some of those ideas into this episode um and just see what kind of gels but um, I don't want to erase those either. So if you guys had fun with them, listen to that first episode as many times as you want. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. More downloads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, good. Real, real quick. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I like – in fact, I love Jess as the sort of bored, goth, but secret sociopath character mm-hmm. that we introduced. 
And the fact that, yeah, she survived not only because she was a final girl who would have survived anyway, but also because she literally like won the respect of both Freddie and Jason. And they sort of welcomed her as, you know, one of us. And right. yeah, like you said, and then we set her up as almost like the administrator of the camp. You know, it was, we made this joke that, you know, she had like scones and spreadsheets, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she'd be the human face of the camp, whereas, you know, yeah. Freddie... Freddie's running dream PR, so he's getting people to to like he's getting financial backers and getting advertising dollars. And mm-hmm. Jason's just, you know, the big lug that kind of moves everything around. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's doing like work around the camp. <laughs> one of my favorite jokes though, there's a lot of amazing jokes we were cackling, but one of my favorite ones is when we were talking about how Jason tries to put like a new like shack in the woods together and he's like <laughs> holding up a window and it falls and he holds it up again and it falls. And then I'm watching Ernest goes to camp and I'm like, fuck you, that does almost the exact same thing. Like a window falls on him and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. so that's so perfect. Um <laughs> but yeah, you know, Jason's like the, you know, the he's the labor, you know, he's the he's the working man and but one of the things that we did is we started talking about, well, what if there was a sequel? Yeah, we'll have it be like Halloween time. It'll be like this big Halloween adult camp weekend, you know, in the fall instead of the summer. And a bunch of people will come and we were like, oh, like we'll have like some other, you know, we'll have Michael Myers show up. And, you know, <laughs> Michael Myers and Jason will kind of, um, you know, contrast each other because they're both like the big silent types. But, you know, Michael Myers is an asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> And he proved it by killing Jess. And then, you know, Freddie was like, oh, fuck, like, you know, who's going to do payroll now? And, mm. you know, and we just kind of spitballed it from there that we'll bring in like the final girls from like other movies, like the League of Extraordinary Final Girls with, you know, like <laughs> right. Laurie Strode and shit. And, you know, we'll again, we'll bring in some other slashers, like have Dr. Giggles work in the infirmary. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but even when I listen to it again, just to, just today, I listened to it one more time, and I was like, man, like, why did we kill off Jess? Like, right. she was so cool, and now we want to do a sequel, but we don't have that, like, uh, POV character to connect us through to the slashers. Well, and that that's why I feel like, you know, those were just spitballing ideas for the sequels, because we weren't doing full improvs on them. And while I do think a lot of those ideas uh, can definitely come back for this. I feel like we just say, okay, that, that was a, what if we were talking about like future ideas, this is the actual sequel. And like, I, I say, we just, we pick up where the first one left off, like with, uh, you know, Freddie, Jason and Jess planning an expansion to camp crystal Lake and making it bigger. So now we're, we're at the the following summer. They, they've reinvented camp crystal Lake. You know, they've done their, their dream PR and all that. And I say we just run with it. I say we, we see where the episode takes us, because obviously we know Ernest is going to be involved. But mm. my initial thought on, like, how would we open a sequel? Like, if, if Slasher Camp was a real movie, how would the sequel open? And I feel like right off the bat, before the opening credits, we would get a cold opening of a commercial. So we would see mm-hmm. Fr- Freddy as Freddy pre-burned, so like Robert England. <laughs> You know, being like, come on down to the all new slasher camp at historic Camp Crystal Lake, you know, and have like have all these like excited kids dancing around and have them be like, you know, enjoy all of our amenities such as swimming. No one drowns in the lake anymore. And you see like Jason with water wings splashing around (laughs) arts and crafts, knit your very own sweater. And you see Jason smiling and knitting a sweater. (laughs) 
you know, and then <laughs> we have like the Jason chase and we see a very cleaned up Jason, like in a camp counselor t-shirt and shorts, like oh, hell yeah. chase, chasing after kids who have like flat, like, you know, like the capture the flag hanging off their shorts, all giggling. <laughs> and he's just, and then like we zoom in on Jason, he like turns his head and squints like, you know, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be like, have Jason, you know, like ruffle a kid's hair kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, we zoom in on Freddie and Jess, and he's like, so, you know, so come on down to Slasher Camp for a summer you soon won't forget. And then the TV click off, and we hear, a po- like, a disembodied but familiar voice say, looks like I have some work to do. And then we see them grab a shotgun and load it, and we hear Groovy before the title oh. card. Oh. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, and, and this is going to be a total misdirect, because I have an idea for Okay. No, this is great. Right. So right off the bat, you're like, oh shit, like it's fucking Ash. Like that's awesome. <laughs> well, especially um, because Ash was supposed to be in, in Freddy versus Jason part two. Yep. Like that was the original pitch. So I'm like, well, we gotta at least nod to that. Yeah. No, I think I think that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Freddy versus Jason two or Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which you know we mentioned in the last episode that they ended up making a comic book series out of that, which is really good. Definitely hard oh, to find. Hi. It's hard to find, so, you know, pirate it online, but it's definitely worth it. Um, but, yeah, we never got the Freddy versus Jason uh, versus Ash sequel that we needed. So, I don't know, I think that that's perfect. Sweet. So, yeah, so so what I'm thinking, like, after the, the opening credits and title card that we, we would uh, – we'd cut back to Jason and Freddy – Jason, Freddy, and Jess – like getting things ready around the camp. And I, I don't want to go so hard on this where like, we don't allow improv, but like, I had a handful of jokes in my brain, like thinking about this ahead of time. So I, I feel like we would have Jess talking to Freddie about the new hires. And so he walks down, you know, as like the administrator of the camp and we see like a line of people from behind and Jess is like going over a clipboard, like, you know, here's our new hires. And it's like, Oh, we got uh, Bubba and chop top Sawyer as the camp cooks very <laughs> much like, you know, Jake and what was it Ernie? Was it uh and Eddie, yeah, Eddie, Eddie, Jake Eddie, and Eddie, yeah, yeah, Jake and Eddie. So very like like Jake and Eddie, like the slop shop kind of cooks. And then Dr. Evan Rendell, aka Dr. Giggles, is the camp medic. And then arts and crafts led by John Kramer, aka Jigsaw. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then it'd be like, and for the groundskeeper, we have Cropsy. And then they get to Cropsy, and he's gone. And they're looking around like, where's Cropsy? And then we just see him running by on fire screaming and jumping into the lake and like have Freddie and, and Jess like, Ooh, like that's gotta hurt. And then we just see his like dead body floating in the lake. And they're like, so we have an opening. <laughs> <laughs> just cause it's like, well, fuck it. Let's throw Cropsy in there just for a joke. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be sweet, too, if we could. And I don't know if you had plans to go somewhere after this, but like we got to get Ernest, you know, on screen, I think, pretty quickly. And so that would be a really cool, like, smash cut transition if she's like, so we have an opening. And then, boom, you see, like, a newspaper with, like, a classified yep. ad, right? And it's like, you know, help wanted. And then, uh, you know, like, well, Vern, looks like uh, I might have the perfect job lined up for next summer. And then we kind of pan out. And, of course, it's Ernest. And he's Vern, in this case, will have or whoever he's talking to will be, you know, like, like his, uh, he had a pet turtle before. Hell, he could just be like a stuffed squirrel or something, right? He just needs something to talk to. Right. And um, yeah, and maybe, you know, when he worked, so he was working at Camp Kikiki at the time, the, the character of Ernest, I mean, back in the 80s. And 
this, this wouldn't still be the 80s. So maybe right. it's maybe it's that, you know, he he goes on some little talk where he's, he's talking to, you know, whatever the Vern character is. And he's like, you know, well, you know, like I used to, you know, whatever I used to love being a counselor with all my, my best friends and camp Kikiki. And he shows like a photograph of them and like the, you know, the second chancers and they're all enjoying like, you know, marshmallows around a fire or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. I, I can't do, I can't do an earnest impression, but what I'm saying is he just kind of needs to explain that like, well, you know, the camp went under, you know, in the nineties and, you know, kids just weren't into, you know, summer camp anymore. Or, or maybe they're all, oh, maybe there was, there was that big accident that nobody talks about or, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And then you know, and then he can he can make some kind of like jokey references to like, you know, I tried my hand at all kinds of things, you know, like uh, things that reference the other movies. It was like, you know, I tried, you know, joining the army and like I, one time I ended up in jail. That's a funny story, you know. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even think about that because like I, I did the same idea like where it's like, OK, we get the next scene would have Ernest um, just to get it because I figured like we, we just had the title card. Let's get Ernest in as quick as possible. But I wasn't even thinking about like connecting the fact that he had done all these other jobs. I was just like, well, he's always had an odd job. Let's mm-hmm. just introduce him. And what I immediately thought of is having him getting fired from S-Mart or Ash Okay, <laughs> okay um, sure, yeah. And have, have the manager being like, this is the last time. And like rattling off a list of mistakes he's done. Mm-hmm. And then like the, the newest one is that he was supposed to demo like Dove chocolate bars, but he cut up Dove soap instead. <laughs> <laughs> and, like perfect, people yeah. got sick and he's like well in my defense dove does make a quality bar of soap you know? <laughs> oh man that'd be awesome no i love that yeah we, let's do that so we smash cut to you know where where jess says like looks like we got an opening and we smash cut to you're fired right. you know and <laughs> some <laughs> some big over-the-top like comedic boss type you know from like a 90s movie and yeah to this whole thing like i can't believe this is the last straw Ernest. you know like you've had you know and he's like oh just give me another chance like you've had third chance and fourth chance and fifth chance and tenth chance or you know whatever and <laughs> and then yeah and then he's and then have Ernest be like oh shucks like you know I still got a lot to offer like you know I've done so much you know I can do anything you want I saved Christmas once you know whatever you know like yeah exactly just have just have oh, oh that's oh that's perfect he could be like oh just give me another chance like you know like uh you know I, I'll bring in so many new people into this into the store sir like oh at Christmas time I know Santa Claus you know right. you know <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be on his naughty list. Know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, no, like, but just, I just think it would be funny to have him just drop a couple of like Easter egg lines about shit that yeah. he did in the past. And now it's like older Ernest, you know. And of course, quick side note, this movie would have come out sometime after the first Freddy versus Jason in 2003. So the movie that we're improving now, like, you know, 2004, 2005. Unfortunately, Jim Varney died in the year 2000. So he wouldn't wow. have been around to be earnest. So either this is an alternate reality where Jim Varney held on for a couple of years or we just recast the character. But even yeah. now, like there, there's other people I could think of who probably could do a good job as earnest. But I just uh, wanted to throw that throw that out there in case people are thinking about it. Because John Cena is slowly turning into earnest. <laughs> <laughs> he, would, he would be so good. <laughs> like, I, I desperately want them to do like uh, Ernest P. Worrell, kind of like a fake biopic, like not a Jim Varney biopic. But oh, a yeah. Ernest P. Worrell biopic and have J- and have John Cena play <laughs> Ernest. Oh, that'd be so good. John Cena is hilarious. But yeah, so there you go. Perfect. But we just anyway, I just wanted to throw it out there because the, we don't want to mess the timeline up. But yeah, because oh, yeah. yeah, this is like, you know, 2000s 
era, 2000s decade era uh, movie we're doing right here. So, yeah, no, I think that's perfect. We just we have Ernest get fired from, you know, the S-Mart or whatever. And, you know, he's like, oh, shucks, like I'll clean up my locker, you know, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you I don't want to step on you. So if you had some reason why it was the S-Mart and you wanted to make yep. that connection. But I was just thinking like, yeah, he, he's going to grab the classifieds and like see the ad. You know, I, I think it's hilarious that you went right to the classified because that's totally in in my notes here. Perfect. Um, because because I had like so he's getting kicked out and then we see Ash pulling up, um you know and, and Ash pulls up and he's like heads into Smart and you know uh, Ernest starts falling around like the little lost puppy like almost like he like Ash is the Vern character, you know and Ash is just like kind of like loading up a shopping cart with like blades and fucking rope and like a chainsaw gas and like all sorts of crazy shit and you know Ernest is just kind of like going on and on and on about getting fired this that and the other. And um, have him stop and comment, be like, boy, it seems like you're fixing to go on one hell of a vacation, eh, Ash? And he's like, yeah, something something like that. Going to see what all the fuss is about the new slasher camp. And he's like, oh, that sounds swell, just swell. And then Ash is kind of ignoring Ernest while he grabs a newspaper and is like, well, I got to start looking for help wanted ads. And he sees the the ad for slasher camp. And he points at the ad, points at Ash, points at himself, points at the ad, keeps going back and forth like the, like, you know, letting the viewer know like oh you yeah, get it and then yeah. he's gonna be like say ash since you're going down to slasher camp anyway you think he could give me a ride because uh you know i sure would like to apply for that groundskeeper position they got open and have Ash just look at him and be like no and walk away yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think ash would even look at him he would just walk past him no <laughs> exactly. so he's like well, okay have fun at slasher camp bye, bye. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, but of course he has to look at that newspaper and begin like, oh, I should, well, I should, sure could, or maybe the boss comes out. It's like, Ernest, I thought I told you to get out of here. And he's like, oh yeah, yes. You know, and he, so he does this whole routine where he, you know, he's grabbing his shit and running. And then he's like, well, you know, like on to, you know, he he holds up the classifieds, whatever. And he's like, well, I better get going, you know, and he just sticks his thumb out like he's going to hitchhike or something stupid, you know, and (laughs) and we can kind of like leave Ernest there. We can kind of leave Ernest there for a minute, but we got to come back to him soon but like we can maybe oh, yeah. cut to cut to another scene but then when we see Ernest again you know he, he's got to be like uh we do some slapstick thing where there's like a busload of kids coming on you know on like a yellow school bus and then like right behind him there you know there's some uh you know beat up smoking jalopy or something that Ernest like yes. drives into the back of the bus or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> we got we got to have him driving some kind of crappy little car like like a, like a really busted down pickup truck or something Oh shit! Or oh, he's got that fucking golf cart still. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That'd be oh, hilarious. It's like the magic golf cart. Even my, my son, even Griffin, was like, you know, wouldn't the battery give out? Like, why is that thing still running around? You know. <laughs> exactly. It just kept going. But uh, but I think like okay, so after after the um, you know, him finding the ad uh for Slasher Cam and deciding to go and apply. I think we should cut back to uh, Freddie, Jason, and and Jess back at camp, and like have have Jess like walking into their office, and Jason and Freddie are playing darts using a human body as the dartboard. <laughs> just like, nice. like like they should be doing work, and they're just playing a game of darts. And she like walks in, she's like, "So I just got off the phone with a guy who's really excited to apply for the groundskeeper position. He's he's supposedly coming down here by tomorrow." 
And have Freddy be like, good. First thing he can do is fish Cropsy's corpse out of the lake and then pan over to kids like poking a bloated dead body with a stick. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, what, one quick correction, though. They're not throwing darts into a body. They're throwing a darts into like a, ca- a counselor who's like taped to the wall with like duct tape. You yes. Know? <laughs> yes, even better. And then all you hear is his, his like muffled like squeals every time he gets hit with a dart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's even better. <laughs> and like no, and, and like no one even mentions it. Like Jess is so used to it. Like he's like, you know, they caught this council doing something stupid, and they were just they were bored enough to be like, ah, he'll be good enough until the kids get here or whatever, you know. <laughs> It's just like off camera, like Freddie's talking to Jess and like flinging darts. You just hear hmm, like little yeah. little yelps. <laughs> and either we can either have Jess just completely ignore it, or like at the end of the conversation, you know, she can just be like, you know, what was it this time, you know, and he and whatever, you know, Freddie would like, you know, it's like I just didn't like the wait, I didn't like the cut of his jib or whatever. <laughs> right. and he just, you know, like he doesn't he doesn't need much of a reason to like grab a guy and tape him to the wall and you know. Fill him full of darts. <laughs> and we can, we can even have like a joke where like Freddie looks at Jason. He's like, 10 nothing, bitch. And Jason just hucks his machete at him. <laughs> Freddie's like, uh, like, cheater, you know? <laughs> yeah. You win, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And then, we, yeah, and, and then, and then we, yeah, we, uh, we cut outside and you see Jess and, or she, maybe she's just going outside and then all of a sudden you see the bus, bus load of kids rolling and she's like, oh, like perfect timing, you know, or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> either it's the next day or like Ernest just comes in right behind the buses and maybe she's like, wait, how'd you get here so fast? You know, it's like, well, it's a funny story, you know, <laughs> but, but Ernest, he doesn't get to tell the story because like, I don't know, something like he, he like trips on his own shoelace, some slapstick nonsense where it's right. like, okay. We don't really need the story. He's just there. Well, see, I, how I was thinking of getting him there is like we, we cut to to Ernest driving like on on the highway at night. Like we see signs for Crystal Lake ahead, you know, and he's driving. He's like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm I need to see where my turnoff is and like unfold this giant cartoonish map and like <laughs> basically completely obscuring his view. And he's just like swerving all over the highway, like back and forth and then have like we see another car like up ahead. And this, you know, this truck is now swerving all over and the car is like trying to swerve out of the way. Like, what the fuck? Like trying to get out of the way of him. And then the the truck swerves at him. The car goes off the road, hits a tree. Ernest hears the crash, stops the car. And it's Ash. He just ran Ash off the road. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, so he's like, oh, God, I got to get the paramedics. And then we, we cut to the, the paramedics and police crew there. Like Ash is being pulled out on a gurney. Like he's got like the big thing around his neck. Like he's basically in traction. Oh, no. And he's like, you know, don't worry, don't worry, Ash, they're here to help you. And he's just like, you son of a bitch. Like, he can barely talk, you know, like, <laughs> and then like, he's like, maybe he goes to grab Ernest with his his metal hand and be like, you don't understand what you've done. Right as they like, like load him up with drugs. And he's just like, yeah, ah, night, night. And then like, he's like, don't worry about your stuff, Ash. I'll, I'll take good care of it. And he starts taking all of Ash's stuff oh, out nice. of the bag and putting it in his truck, which will play a role later. Nice. Okay, cool. So, all right. This way we can get Ash out of the picture and we have the the surprise turnaround, like where people see Ash in the beginning and they're expecting like, oh, shit, he's going to kick kick ass at Slasher Camp. And no, Ernest is going to be the one doing that. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, I, I, can't, I can't help but think that, like, you know, Ernest is going to he's going to be the slasher slasher who 
who takes down, you know, Freddy and Jason, but in a completely oblivious way. Like he has no oh, idea yeah. like what's actually going on half the time because, you know, he's it's like I it's like I always imagine it's like when you have somebody who who's holding like a like a two by four on their shoulder at a construction site and they try yep. to have a conversation and they keep turning around and, you know, smashing guys in the face with the board. Like that <laughs> right there is like that's the comedy that we're talking about here. That, you know? That's earnest to a T right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, okay, so that like I didn't I didn't get much further in my like in my joke idea here other than like the next day like we we would see the sun rising on Slasher Camp and instead of a crow a rooster crowing, you would hear a blood curdling scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like one of those classic like uh Hollywood uh, you know, sound library like scream queen screams, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you know, then we get the mo- the happy montage of people at the camp, you know, like counselors going about their business, Jess overseeing things, Ernest pulling up with his truck, excitedly running up to meet her, you know, introduces himself, applies for the job. And of course he gets it because he's the only one that applied. And then we cut to Ernest going about his duties, like fishing Cropsy out of the lake. And we do that close in on his face where he does the a kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we see him like cleaning up an accident around the old wood chipper. He's like, "Oh, somebody spilled yeah. a lot of paint in here, huh?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like cleaning up the dumpster behind the mess hall that's clearly filled with human remains, and asking Chop Top what type of meat they're using while holding up a a, a human femur, like. <laughs> what kind of meat y'all using in that chili? And then have Chop Top slowly push the femur back into the bag going, oh, it's Vietnamese deer. Very exotic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, and at some point, you know, Ernest Ooh. has to like, you know, find a severed arm or something. And he like freaks out and he's like, you know, like, oh, yeah. And then Jess is like, uh, oh, that's just leftover from Halloween. And he's like, oh, wow. You know, you guys, you know, you know, sure do take your scary holiday, you know, seriously. And then right. he like he, he's like walking up to like to like kids and like, you know, campers and like, ooga, booga, 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 and like shaking their severed <laughs> arm in their face, you know, like, like thinking it's just like a prop. A <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so he has to be completely oblivious. Like, he's literally seeing this shit, like, out in the open, and he's just, like, taking it at face value. <laughs> but now, oh, yeah. <laughs> so now here's where I have questions. Because, like, that was just kind of the setup to get Ernest to the camp. Like, that's that's as kind of as far as I went with my, my notes. Um, but I have several ideas to pitch here. So do we do the uh, League of Extraordinary Final Girls, like we discussed? Like, maybe we could have... A, a group like a Scooby gang made up of like Laurie Strode, Tommy Jarvis, uh, Alice Johnson, Sidney Prescott and Andy Barclay. <laughs> like, you know, the survivors of Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Ghostface and Chucky. Like we could have have that group like come to try to shut him down. Or and this is something that I just kind of came up with before we started recording. What if there is a rival camp opening across the lake headed up by Michael Myers and Chucky? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. And so, then we get a turf war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect. Well, I will say I do love the idea of a rival camp because I was going to say what we need is a third party. Like we've got the Freddie, Jason, Jess group running the camp. And then we've got 
Ernest. So we need a third person to be, you know, the the antagonist, right? Uh, right. It's it's that sort of like a classic uh, trinity of main characters where you have your your protagonist, your companion character, and your antagonist. And so we just need the antagonist you know, to be there so that there's like a bad guy or there's somebody that's you know pissing Jason and Freddy off. And it's not Ernest. It's not like Freddy and Jason versus Ernest. It's you know Ernest right. is there and he's just gonna sort of like you know accidentally fall into the solution that's gonna like <laughs> save the day but there's got to be conflict and i wasn't sure what it was i was just thinking it, it might be something like like in Ernest goes to camp where there's somebody who's like trying to demolish the camp or like take their land away like we could do that whole like you know big industrialist company thing or but this works really well it's the same kind of concept there's just a rival camp that opens up and they're trying to like steal all the business away because you know they don't have freddy's like dream powers or or maybe there's somebody there who has something similar but you know maybe their whole thing is like oh you guys are like for kids but we got all we're we're an adult like you know party camp over here we got alcohol and like you know you know a, a dance floor and whatever like we're going to stay up all night and like the kids at slasher camp like they can't sleep because all night long it's like fucking hair metal blasting from you know like the convention <laughs> center building or whatever you know at the blasting from the stage at the other camp um, I really like the idea of Michael Myers as like a total asshole who shows up to like one up Jason. And then I really like the idea of the League of Extraordinary Final Girls. And I think that those two things together are a perfect story, but I don't think it fits here. Like that would be part mm. three. Like let's, gotcha. let's you know, hang on to that. And I think we could come back to it later and, and really flesh it out. You know, I think we could still – there's still enough meat on the bones that it wouldn't just be us repeating the same shit we already said in the last episode. But right. um, I do like the idea. I really like the idea of Chucky. I feel like he's the brains of the outfit. But he – so he's the Freddy, but we just need a different Jason. And I kind of feel like Michael Myers. Let's hang on to him. But there's got to be somebody else who's the big lug, you know, who's going to be yeah. like Chucky's like sidekick. I'm not sure who that is exactly, but I think that that's a great idea. But somebody who would kind of like – I Chucky, I can see him, you know, what's, what's his name? Um, Charles Ray, right? Charles um, Lee Ray, yeah. That's it, Charles Lee Ray. I couldn't think of the middle name for some reason. I feel like he's the kind of guy who would want to like party with like, you know, drugs and girls, you know. And oh, holy that, hell yeah. That, that's the kind of camp that they want. So now we need we need a big lug type, you know, to be the person who's going to be want be with him, you know, for like the parties and the girls. Right. See, now, that, that's that's initially why I thought Michael Myers and Chucky, just because it's like you got the the other classic big lug and then the other classic loud mouth talky killer, because uh, re- realistically, like when you look at the slashers of the 70s and 80s, you know, it's like. The, the silent ones, you had uh, Jason and Michael Myers. You know, the, the talkative ones, you had Freddy and Chucky. Uh, Leatherface was kind of a mix of the two because he was the big lug, but he also screamed a lot. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but then, I mean, you have the, the talky killers like, you know, Ghostface, who clearly is a, a legacy character. Anybody could be under the Ghostface mask. Um, but I'm trying to think of, like, another killer that we could use as the the big lug where we're not going to have to dig too deep. Well, I mean, you know I, I could pull some, but they're going to be deep cuts. No, I think you nailed it with Ghostface. Honestly, I think Michael Myers is the obvious one, but I think Ghostface is a fun one because he is a slasher, you know, or they, mm-hmm. right. They're a slasher. It's the masked 
silent, scary person. But also, like, I could totally picture somebody in a ghost face mask, like, ripping a bong and, like, rocking out to some Van Halen, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, what if we never find out who's under that mask? And there's even going to be sequences where it's like, wait, didn't we kill you already? Like, you know, it's like, you know, ghost face oh. is just... Or maybe Ghostface can't be like like they keep killing him and then he's back and then they kill him and he's back and it's like this constant like I love you know it. this constant string of like where are you getting all these ghost faces from <laughs> you know love it. <laughs> yeah because that that's the thing it's like ghost since anyone can be Ghostface like Chucky just keeps putting somebody else in the mask. Yeah, exactly. Like I need a new sidekick. Exactly, right? Or better yet, it's just like it's like the same. They have the same personality every time, and we never see why. But it's like you know, yeah. Jason like chops his head off, and the next, the very next scene, Ghostface is back, acting in the exact same way. And it's like, well, what the fuck, you know? Like you know, like we just <laughs> but just never explain it, you know? <laughs> I love it. And I think I mean, it would be. They have a, a camp full of drunken 20-somethings, so, like, anyone could literally be the next Ghostface. Exactly, right? It's like that old that old joke of, like, you know, I think it's from Scary Movie where you see Ghostface going, like, what's up? Yeah. You know, like, like that's that's what I'm picturing here, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so we have the slasher camp, and then we have like Chucky's camp, and we gotta we gotta name it something because well, it's not really it's, it's it's the slasher camp experience at Camp Crystal Lake, but then like Chucky has to have his own thing. But again, his is like this is the adults only, you know, like uh, you know, party in the woods uh, camp. Uh, I'm not sure what we could call it. I'll have to think of what what we can maybe the, think of something. But dude, he calls it Camp Blood. Oh, he's he's like I'm gonna capitalize on your lower bitch. <laughs> like, oh yes, and that's he calls so good. it Camp Blood, but he aims it specifically at adults. Like this ain't the kitty camp from across the lake. This is where you come to party. And then like we see Ghostface like fucking standing on his head, like drinking a keg. Like fuck yeah, and that's so perfect too because of course Chucky like looks like a little kid, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. the perfect juxtaposition of like this little fucking doll is like this is the adult camp, you know, like where we're gonna you know get high and fuck. <laughs> 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 we can have we can even have tiffany be there and be like you're gonna do what now <laughs> oh man i love this this is so good so yeah this gives us the antagonist that we need and it gives us characters that are just gonna piss off freddy so much like <laughs> yeah i can i can just imagine freddy and chucky as the perfect you know uh the perfect rivals because chucky would think it was hilarious how much he was getting under freddy's skin and like nobody gets under freddy's skin because freddy's the wise cracking you know badass but like you know chucky's like smarter clever you know and freddy's just not gonna be able to kind of keep up with his like one-liners and shit and it's gonna piss him off so much <laughs> <laughs> well and that's that's the thing like you know freddy would basically be like the dean to to Chucky's Bluto character from like Animal House, <laughs> oh, you know yeah, it yeah. it would be like the you know <laughs> like Freddie Freddie was once cool once upon a time and <laughs> now there's this young upstart and his little friends and he's like oh you <laughs> like, <laughs> oh that's so good especially with Ghostface where you know it's you know he can be like, like whatever old man you know like <laughs> <laughs> right. it'll be like old oh okay. shit <laughs> okay boomer you know. <laughs> Have him look at Jason. What the fuck is a boomer? Yeah, <laughs> Jason exactly. shrug. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, we both have the same reaction. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so oh, good. Oh, shit. 
And of course, the whole time, Ernest is just going to be completely oblivious to everything that's happening. But, you know, we, we just need to orchestrate you know, this conflict, this rivalry between the two camps where, you know, they're, they're killing each other's, you know, campers or counselors or whatever, they're sabotaging each other. And they're using Ernest as their, as, you know, Freddie and Jason, of course, are using Ernest as the go-between of like, hey, go over there and, you know, like burn their cabin down or whatever. And, and then, you know, Chucky's going to kind of get in Ernest's ear a little bit. And pretty soon you're going to have Ernest like ping-ponging back and forth between the two camps, thinking the whole time he's like, oh, I'm doing such a great job and everyone's so impressed with me. You know, and yeah. he's got no idea what's happening. And at some point, of course, Ernest has to, you know, sort of accidentally, you know, take down Chucky in like a key moment. But, you know, we're not there yet. Right. So I'm just I'm thinking like, OK, so we we have we have we already established Ernest working at the camp. You know, we have Freddie and Jason like, you know, they're they're killing off counselors and bringing in new counselors. Meanwhile, the, the kids at the camp are none the wiser. They're just running around doing arts and crafts with, you know, jigsaw and shit. <laughs> um, eating cannibal chili and have no clue. <laughs> like, all, all sorts of fucked up shit happening to these kids. Like that's just in the background. <laughs> so, so basically, what I'm thinking is like we we have like we see the camp flourishing, right? And then like you know like that maybe that like the by the end of the first week, like we hear fireworks and all sorts of crazy shit across the lake. And have them be like, what the fuck is going on over there? And there's like all this music and like, you know, like it's just this huge party across the lake and have Jason and Freddie like be looking like looking at each other like, what is that? And then maybe they they hop in a canoe and like go across the lake to find out and that they see Chucky and Ghostface's like, you know, camp blood for adults. You know, I'd <laughs> nice. be like, what the fuck is this? You know, and have like maybe they're pissed, like they like they go full Karen, like we got to speak to the manager, you know. And they go, oh, up to the- oh, oh God, I'm so sorry, I have, dude, dude. Freddie and Jason have now just become Jay and Silent Bob, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Like Freddie goes over there, he sees Camp Blood, and he's like, "Bro, that's your thing." And then have Jason like nodding them all, like you know, oh, like uh, exaggerated, like Silent Bob would do, like, "Yeah, that is my thing." What the heck, you know? Our, right. He puts his, his fists on his hips, and he's like, "Come on," you know? It's like, "Oh fuck, dude, yeah, we just totally just turned him into Jay and Silent Bob." <laughs> Oh my god! And of course, you know, at some point we have to get them high now because of that. Like <laughs> we're we're gonna have to have like Chucky or Ghostface or something like use a hose and like put it in their office and like be like like st- stoking pot or something. Just have it going through the hose and like smoking them out. So yeah, have them go across the camp like freaking out or go across the lake freaking out. They find the camp. They not you know knock on the on the camp counselor's door like the cabin and like have Chucky open the door so like the door opens and we see nobody and then Freddie be like what the hell and then be like down here champ you know and look down and <laughs> see Chucky standing there like smoking a cigar and he'll be like what the fuck what are you doing here and he's like well you know I saw your uh, Camp Crystal Lake shtick and it looked so good I figured I wanted to try and then we see like Ghostface in the back like chasing like a scantily clad woman around <laughs> like, whoop, 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 whoop. You know, and have him be like, yeah, but your shit was for kids. This is for adults. And then have him like slam the door in his face and have Freddie be like, ooh, like all pissed off. <laughs> like smoke comes out of his ears, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, man, that's oh. so good. Oh, yeah, so. We gotta have Freddie and Jess like they gotta they gotta have a little you know not like a parlor scene but a little scene where they're like you know it's like the next the next day or the next couple of days later and you know they have some ex 
expository dialogue about like, you know, yeah, you know, our campers are happy, but they've been up all night because, you know, every night these guys are blasting Van Halen until three in the morning and partying and all of our half of our counters have quit. They go across the lake because they can go over there and get high and fuck, you know, right. <laughs> it's like, so, so now, of course, they need to come up with a plan of like, we got to we got to stop these guys before all of our counselors quit, you know, and before we know it, you know, of course, the kids at the camp are like teenagers or some of them are. It's like, you know, before we lose all of our teenagers, you know, you know, we need them over here where we can keep them, you know, scared and, you know, and, right. and available, you know, and pretty soon we're going to lose them all to, you know, uh, to cabbage pats over there, you know, <laughs> cabbage patch. I love it. But like we have to have a scene where it's like where they're talking about it and have maybe maybe Freddie be like, you know, how the fuck did they get get so big so quick? Like, you know, we've been working at this all year and then have Jess be like, well, they use the Internet and have him be like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Show her little laptop and like play a video on on like, uh, you know, whatever the movie's equivalent of YouTube is and have like (laughs) a whole commercial with like Chucky and Ghostface and like. We see them doing like beer bongs and like all sorts of crazy shit and like having live music and like fucking raves and all sorts of crazy. And he's like, come on down to Camp Blood, like this big advertising campaign. And then Freddie be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, you're all yeah. bitch, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that little bitch. <laughs> like, how can we compete with that? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, you know, uh, Jess is going to be like, we can't, you know? And that's when, you know, they, they just get, they, they, uh, that's when they hatched the idea of like, well, if we can't beat them, we'll burn the motherfuckers down. <laughs> you <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't beat them, kill them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, if you can't beat them, slash them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> of course, we have to have like a montage sequence of like the, the camps pulling pranks on one another. And again, like you said, Ernest is going to be stuck in the middle, like unbeknownst to him, like he thinks he's doing the right thing and he's actually setting up traps that that could be like getting people killed. Like they send him across the the way and they're like, yeah, we really want to help them uh, set up their signs for their bike race they have, you know, so take this wire and hang it between these trees. They'll put the signs on it. Don't worry. You're just setting up the line. And have him be out there in the middle of the night wrapping razor wire around trees thinking they're going to hang signs on it. <laughs> and then the next day you see, like, the bikers, like, biking and, like, just take their heads off. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Okay, so we have to have, like, two or three of these in a row, right? Where, it's where yeah, it's earnest. Let's do, like, yeah, let's do that one and we do, like, one other one. We don't necessarily need to go into all the kills, but, of course, we can. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, but what I mean is just from a structure perspective. Uh, point of view so you have one or two of these sequences where Ernest is setting up these uh these sort of prank traps and then we jump into the montage because you got to have a montage right (laughs) (laughs) and this is where we have uh uh bodies by drowning pool be the montage song like let the bodies hit the floor let the bodies hit the floor right and it's like yes. <laughs> and you just see Ernest like setting up all these little things like you know like he builds like one of those like uh traps in the ground with like spikes and covers it with leaves and shit and like Freddie gives him the big <laughs> thumbs up and then you know before you know it like you know some counselors you know they come by carrying a canoe and then whoop in the hole or whatever you know and it's like all, all of this during the montage and mm-hmm. then the, the montage ends with like you you, you zero in 
on Chucky's face and he's like, uh, oh, I, I, again, I'm terrible with coming up with like the dialogue on the fly. But, you know, of course, Chucky's now he's like, you know, you know, uh, we, we got to beat him at their own game or whatever. And then that's when he sees Ernest out in the woods just whistling while he's like, you know, dragging some, uh, you know, barbed wire or whatever behind him. Or he's got like a whole, <laughs> bag, whole bag full of axes or whatever, you know, something dangerous. And Chucky's like, ah, that's it, you know. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. So, <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to think of like how he's going to use Ernest to to get back at them though. Cuz like, you know, obviously he's going to like try to convince Ernest like that 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 he wants to help their camp. Yeah. And that, like he's going to have them do something. Um well, what about it could be something like this. Originally I was thinking like we have Ernest kind of ping pong back and forth a little bit. But let me propose this. We since we just talked about this montage, which I think would be hilarious. Um so we have we see Ernest do several uh you know deadly pranks against Camp Blood, right? The one or mm-hmm. two before the montage started and then we got to have at least, you know, 3 4 5 whatever during the montage so we can so we can listen to the song. <laughs> and of course. then and then Chucky pulls him aside and he's like, you know, you know, Ernest, like this rivalry between these two camps, like, you know, this we got to put this to bed. Like, you know, I I, I want to do something, you know, a big gesture to say I'm sorry to, you know, to old Mr. Kruger and Mr. Voorhees over there. You know, Ernest, of course, is like just like with uh, with Crater, the uh, industrialist, the mining guy from Ernest Goes to Camp where, you know, he's going to kind of trick him, you know, into uh, into doing something stupid. So, of course, Ernest is like, well, that is mighty nice of you, <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. And uh, and so Chucky. Chucky's like, you know what? I think would I think that they would love I think that they would love some fireworks, you know. And it's like we're yes. gonna have we're gonna have some fireworks and we're gonna send them off in honor of Freddie and Jason and we're gonna invite them over, you know, to party with us. But of course, the fireworks get pointed like right at the camps, you know, right at the yes. at the cabins, right? So of course Ernest sets them all off and then he unwittingly blows half of Camp Crystal Lake to freaking bits because of course they're not really fireworks you know they're like fucking rockets you know missiles whatever and then and then because I'm just picturing this the whole camp is on is on fire everything's you know going crazy but then we just see this like slow motion shot of Freddie and Jason just walking out of the fire like oh you fucked up now right <laughs> See, I think before that we have to have a scene like of Freddy like sleeping peacefully, and and you know when the explosions happen, like have his bed be on fire and be like, ah, oh, fuck, bitch, and like roll out of bed on fire. Yeah. He's got like a little stocking cap on and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be so perfect. <laughs> like, what, what, okay. what if we see Jason, but like Jason doesn't sleep. Like, what if he's just like standing in a bedroom with like a nightgown on, and he's just like sta- like he's just standing, staring at the wall. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't actually sleep. You know, <laughs> he's, stand- he's standing next to a perfectly made bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Yeah, and then they blow the fucking camp up. I just want to see this like this zo- slow-mo zoom in shot of, you know, like maybe Chucky and Ghostface are like hiding in the woods and they're laughing and, you know, hooting and hollering over the big fire and then you just see the silhouette, the black silhouette of like the, you know, the claw hand Freddy and big fucking Jason with like a, a machete so huge, it's like he's got like a baseball bat on his shoulder, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Come walking out of the smoke like you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, you zoom in on Freddy's face and you're like, oh shit is on now. <laughs> you know? right. So now we we absolutely have to have like the the, the fight at, at Camp Blood. So what if we have okay, so we have 
we have the the whole thing. I mean, obviously there'd be a lot of scenes prior to Chucky and Ghostface destroying uh, Camp Crystal mm-hmm. Lake. Yeah, but like like we we maybe we we'd have to have like a couple of scenes of like you know Ghostface trying to prank the camp. Like maybe he goes to go on like. Yeah, I don't know, like steal their steal some uh like steal Freddy's underwear or something yeah, like that. Exactly. And have like Jason kill Ghostface and then of course have Ghostface pop up again and be like, Yeah, how's he doing that? And then yeah. we, we gotta have that happen several times where like Jason or Freddy kills Ghostface over and over. Maybe even have like one where Ernest accidentally does it. You know, yeah. like you know, maybe Ghostface tries to take out Ernest because Ernest has been setting up all of the traps over at Camp Blood unknowingly, and he like okay. goes to like like push uh, Ernest into the wood chipper while while Ernest is like throwing shit in the wood chipper, but he ducks down to pick something up and Ghostface jumps in. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like yes, yes, like, one so death good. after another of like you know different ghost faces dying, and then like every time we see him have like either Freddy or Jess like kind of like or like Freddy or Jason or somebody like. Have him like tap the other one and point at Ghostface. Like, how's he doing that? You know what? Like, yeah, exactly. Every, every time they see him, it's just more and more confused. You know, like, yeah, that whole sequence where we do the pranks and the montage and all that, we can put a lot of that stuff in there. And there's, there's got to be at least one sequence where Ernest is like, you know, going off carrying like a bundle full of, you know, whatever gear off to the other camp. And, you know, Jason is like, you know, standing in the woods and he like waves at him and Ernest waves back, you know, like, <laughs> and then then you see Ghostface, like, you know, this very comical sort of like tiptoe up behind him you know like you're like he 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 i'm gonna get you Ernest. you know like, <laughs> like he's sneaking up behind him and then you know jason sees him and then you know before you know it like ghost face just sees like a shadow come behind him and he like reaches behind him he's like yep it's there and it's higher and it's higher and it's higher and it's like you know like like that like that cartoon thing of like there's something behind me you know and he looks up and it's just like machete to the mask you know thunk <laughs> <laughs> i'm picturing him like standing there like facing the audience and like Jason looming behind him and yeah. have him like feeling with his hands and like do the fingertip thing on his mask, like yeah. poke, 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 and be like, yeah. gulp <laughs> and just turn and get the, the machete. Exactly. Right? Oh it's, my God. That's oh, it's so fun. Uh, I mean, so, the whole movie is going to be nothing but like one kill scene after a kill scene after kill scene, but that's what we want to see. Like, you know, there's oh, barely yeah. a story here. It's just, how do we do a horror movie where the whole movie is just cool kills? <laughs> yeah, it's basically a turf war between Chucky and Ghostface and Freddy and Jason with Ernest trapped in the middle, unbeknowingly, unbeknowingly to him, killing random campers by setting up traps. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, oh this shit. is so good. Of course, you know, Ghostface has got to get stuck on a couple of those traps, too. You know, why oh. not? We, we got to kill as many Ghostfaces as we can, because it's just <laughs> it'll just be ridiculous after a while. <laughs> we also we also got to have one where it's like, you know, uh, some kind of like archery trap where we have like a bunch of, uh, of crossbows or something set up to like launch arrows and have like Chucky and Ghostface like walking out of the office. And then you hear like, doo, 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 doo. you hear all the, like the bows mm-hmm. fire and you, you just see them all fly over Chucky, like completely missing him and just riddle ghost face with arrows. <laughs> and yes. then, and Chucky be like, oh, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I want to get there. Uh, like we're not there yet, but there's, I'm, there's a scene I'm thinking of too, where there's going to be like a big climactic battle. Right. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. I, again, I want to back up because I have a couple of ideas of like, how, how do we get there and how do we make Ernest a little bit more of a main character? But during the big climactic battle where you have, you know, Chucky and Freddy and Jason and they're all like fighting, you know, in, you know, whatever in the Camp Blood office or whatever. It's like it's the big drag out uh, knockdown slasher fight during this fight. Ghostface is just, like he's going to get slashed 
to the floor. But every time he gets killed, it's like he rolls through a doorway and then he just runs into another doorway when he has a knife. <laughs> right? And then like Freddy, Freddy takes him out out a window and then he runs in through the other doorway. And it's like, where are they coming from? You know? <laughs> yes. Yes, and we never we never explain it. We always exactly. There's always another ghost face. It's like a quick change, or it's like a video game. He like just constantly respawns every time he like goes off the screen. You know. Oh my god, I love it. I, that, that's that's one of my favorite jokes in this is the fact that he just keeps coming back. I know, right? Like, I think that's the key to the whole thing. It's so hilarious. Oh, um, okay, so after this whole montage scene, when Freddie and Jason are, they walk out of the fire, the camp's burning, and they're they're just gonna go to Camp Blood and wreak revenge. Like that's where they're headed. And yeah. I think this. And so before we get to the big knockdown dragout fight I just talked about, we gotta have a sequence where you know Ernest, who's been completely oblivious and just having the time of his life, you know, Jess has to pull him aside side and be like you know okay Ernest, like we were goofing around but like you need to help and i i don't ever want i don't think it's a good idea if Ernest finds out that this is actually like a murder camp um yeah because I, I don't i can't think of any way to really ever have that you know settle in with him as being okay but i also want him to like still help freddie and jason win the day because they're the heroes you know um so I just want to have, but Jess is really smart. So I want Jess to sort of explain it to him in a way of like, you know, you have to go and stop them. You know, Ernest, if they go over there, you know, and they get in a fight with the other camp, you know, one thing is going to lead to another and everyone's going to get hurt. And, you know, all the campers are going to leave. And, you know, before you know it, like both camps will be wrecked and we'll all be out of a job. And then Ernest, of course, is like a big gulp and is like, you know, no job again, you know, and, right. <laughs> and, and, and he's just so afraid of like not having a job because he just got fired from the S-Mart. That is like, oh, you know, like, yes, ma'am, I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to like get these boys to settle down and, qu- and quit fighting or, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, um, dude. Okay. You just, you gave me a perfect lead in for the end of the movie that I had, but go, go ahead. Keep going. No, that's that's basically it. Like, I, I want you to you know jump in for sure. But I'm just thinking like Ernest is going to you know, he's going to screw his, ha- his cap on tight and march there across to over to, you know, Mark, the camp blood and, you know, and. He has this mission in his head of like, oh, I'm going to, you know, put these boys to rights. You know, I'm going to, you know, show them what for. But very much like an Ernest goes to camp when he tried to like go and like beat up the construction crew and got his ass kicked. You know, Ernest is going to go over there and, and try and break up the slasher fight. But it's like he can't even like get in the door because it's like they throw a ghost face through a door <laughs> and, the, and the wood hits Ernest and he gets up and brushes himself off. He tries to go in and then, you know, like, uh, you know, uh whatever, you know, Jason gets knocked over or falls over and he knocks a, like a, like a plant over and it hits Ernest on the head and he has to get, get up and get brushed <laughs> off. And it's like the sequence where he's like, he can't even, he's getting his ass kicked and he hasn't even been in the room yet. <laughs> so, okay. So perfect. So he, he gets like, before he goes over there, like we, we have just tell him, just like you said, like, tell him, you know, we need your help. You know, now it's time to like, you know, basically <laughs> strap your boots on boy. We got to, we got to, you know, uh, we got to defend camp uh, or camp crystal Lake. It's our slasher camp. So uh, Ernest gets in his truck and drives around the lake to Camp Blood. So he pulls in. The fight's going on. Like, everything's going crazy. And he's trying to do, just like you said, he's trying to, like, get to them. But he keeps getting hit with bodies and random shit, knocking him out. (laughs) And then, like, he runs back to his truck and starts rifling through his belongings looking for anything and he's like going through ash's bags like he sees like the buzz saw and like shotgun shells and he's like oh nope 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 and he's going through and he pulls out the necronomicon oh shit (laughs) i should have saw that coming but i did not (laughs) and he starts thumbing through it like there's got to be something in here and maybe he sees a picture of jason 
he sees like mm. this drawn in blood, like like this huge hulking monstrosity that is Jason, you know, with a bunch of like weird words written next. He's like, oh, this looks like this, 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 this is our boy Jason over there. Like, let me see if this will help. And he starts reading the words and he reads them wrong, of course. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, oh, uh, yeah. oh, good. I'm so sorry. Real quick. I mean, I'm trying to think to myself, like, well, why would he pick the book over everything else? You know what I mean? Like, it's like at one point he has to get to the door. He finally gets to the door to go into the room where they're all fighting. And like, he can't budge the door. And he's like, he needs to go get something to help him open the door. So, yeah, he's looking for like an axe or or. Right. Or something. So he pulls an axe out. It's like, ah, too small. But he finds the chainsaw and he's like, oh, this is perfect. But how do you work one of these things? There's got to be a manual in here somewhere, right? And, that, and oh, that's, when he, perfect. that's when he finds the book and he's like, oh, that's my boy Jason. This must be the right page, you know? And that's and then he starts reading. He's like, you know, what language is this written in? You know, like, I, I know kick a key. Let me give this a shot, you know? Yeah, yes, yes, perfect. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell is a Klaatu Barada nickel? You know, like, it's not like you know, he, <laughs> he reads it and, of course, opens a portal. So now everything, yes. like all, all the slashers, Jess and Ernest, they all get sucked into this portal. And it's like, you know, like screaming, there's fire. It's all craziness. They get sucked through the portal. They fall out of the sky into a bright, sunny day. They all splash down into a lake, right? And they look around and we hear Cruel Summer by Bananarama start playing. And it's fucking 1983. Camp Crystal Lake is booming. Like, and they're like, <laughs> we're back. We're back at the promised land. And they just all team up and go on a killing spree. And Ernest is just confused as hell. He's like, yeah, you you guys are going to, you know, keep me on the payroll, right? Like, I still need a job. Like, can I I carry that for you? You He's he's watching off screen as we just hear people screaming. We see blood and like limbs. And he's like, oh, oh, that's going to need some antiseptic. Oh, oh, that's going to get infected. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, this is so good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, instead of going back to medieval times, the slashers go back to the eighties. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yeah, I love that like that awesome turnaround. And what's cool about that is we can still do another movie, but you know, we can still still do our part three with like, you know, Michael Myers and the League of Extraordinary Final Girls. And what's so good about it is that like a lot of horror movies you just don't need to explain it. You know, sometimes right. when they would do like a horror movie series or slasher series sequel, sometimes you would get these sequels that were very heavily enmeshed into the the continuity, like you see like Nightmare 4 and 5 and like Friday the 13th Part 6, I think is a good example of that. And then sometimes, you know, they'd be like, yeah, sure, Jason's back. Why not? Who cares? And like you just they, they just want to do the next installment in the series. And it's like, yeah, nobody cares about that. Like Return of the Living Dead Part 2 is a good example of that, too, where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just tell another story. And who cares? Like it's because they, they just want to make another one of these things. So you don't need to explain, you know, how Jason got out of the New York City sewers, you know, back to Crap Crystal. Like he's just there. Shut up. You know, <laughs> so, you know. exactly. <laughs> or or if, even in, in Part 10, it's like. You know, they, they did that with Friday the 13th for, for both part both, both part 9 and 10, where part 9 is just, yeah, he's just back and, you know, he's in Crystal Lake again, the fucking monster. And, and in part 10, it's like they, he's been captured, you know, somehow. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Like, they're going to cryo-freeze yeah. him. Who cares? You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, so we can, you know, we could come back and do, uh, you know, Slasher Camp 3, and it's just like, they just, it just opens on the camp, and they just say something silly, you know, or they can say something wild, you know, like, you know, man, the 80s sure were a crazy time. Anyway, what do we have on the docket for today? You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
even do something where we where we keep it, you know, where it's grounded in the eighties now, where it's like now now they're they're back in like the the more plentiful time of of you know dumb hard bodied teens going to camp. You know, no one has yeah. cell phones or internet, so it's it's easier kills. And then maybe like we could do this is where we could do the League of Extraordinary Final Girls, where it's like fresh after their survive like their run-ins with their respective killers you know they could then run into the older more grizzled killer (laughs) we can do that when it's like a 90s period piece if we wanted to you know right give give it a little bit of time later you know that'd be really fun um we could even be be like wait i killed you be like yeah but i'm from the future (laughs) (laughs) and then jess is like don't think about it too much you know (laughs) <laughs> and be like, but wait, if you're from the future and I can uh, timey-wimey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so Ernest Goes to Slasher Camp. Holy shit. That's hilarious. I, <laughs> I, I love this. And what's funny is that he's almost like a supporting character, you know, in the movie, <laughs> you know, even though his name is in the title. But, oh, God, oh, no, shit. the... Bringing in Chucky and Ghostface just completely cinched it for me. I wasn't sure where we were going to go. I knew we were going to be able to have some kind of like a bad guy. We just needed an excuse to have Jason and Freddy and Ernest like team up against somebody. I didn't know who it was going to be. I figured it would come up organically. But holy shit, like as usual, we came up with something completely ridiculous. And now (laughs) I'm so mad that these movies don't exist. Once again, I'm like, we keep doing this to ourselves because I'm like, man, I'm never going to get a chance to see this. But I'm sure glad I'm sure glad we have the podcast episode at least. Right. And, that, oh, and see, and that's the thing. I've gone back and re-listened to Slasher Camp so many fucking times. I'm I'm just I'm glad there's now at least a podcast sequel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, just, I, I just love like the the endless parade of ghost faces. I don't know why that's so funny, but Dude, that it's is, fucking amazing. It's <laughs> my favorite joke. Like it's so funny because because again, he's always a different person. And you know, it, it's it's sometimes it's a relation to Sidney Prescott, sometimes it's not at all. Like and it's just oh the idea that just random people are just waiting their turn to put on the fucking cape and cowl basically <laughs> like i love it i love it <laughs> it's so good oh man oh that'd be, that'd be a really cool like uh end of the credits teaser you know where it's like you you have some some we just like do one of the kills we already saw in the movie where like ghostface gets taken out and then you know like jason or freddie like walks around a corner and you see another person in a ghost face mask or costume but the mask isn't on and they're just like smoking a cigarette and they're like oh shit it's my cue and they'd like stamp it out real quick you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's perfect <laughs> but like oh shit i'm up oh shit <laughs> oh yeah and like freddie freddie doesn't see him like you just kind of see like the audience sees freddie kind of walk off and like behind a tree and it's got to be some awesome like celebrity cameo like matt damon or somebody you know yes. <laughs> Because oh, Matt God. Damon loves doing like random cameos in movies, oh, like yeah. you know, so him and Brad Pitt both they they yeah. love popping up in like random little nonsense roles. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be honest, if 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 I were a famous celebrity, oh fuck, I would do that any anytime someone asked me to. Oh Cause, hell cause yeah, that's got to be so fun to be like, oh, you just need somebody to come on and say like one thing, or like you know, a character like Brad Pitt in Deadpool too, like. Oh, I'm invisible the only the, the whole time. The only time you're gonna see me is when I die. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Oh man, this was so good. No, I'm so stoked that we did this. It had a little bit of a long intro in this episode, so I hope everyone stuck around for the hilarity that ensued. <laughs> but man, what a great way to wrap up 50 episodes of Raised Rentals. And uh, like, yeah, I, I can't wait to be able to say the same thing when we get to 50 improvs. But uh, yeah, we've got the some cool specials coming up later this year as well. A back yep. to school special, Halloween special. Of course, we got to do like a Christmas holiday special as we've already created that tradition in the last two years, going back to our very first episode ever, which of course featured our boy Jason Voorhees because apparently we love these guys. <laughs> yep. And then our second one featured uh, uh, at least Jim Varney. It wasn't Ernest, but we had Jim Varney playing Santa Claus in the Ash Saves Christmas. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then our first special that we did ever was your birthday special where you chose to do A Nightmare on Elm Street. And then we had to watch the whole fucking franchise <laughs> so we could figure out a way to tie all that together. And that was definitely not the first episode that we came up with a cool story because I think we came right out of the gate pretty uh, swinging pretty hard. But I really liked how the light bulbs were all going off and all the pieces were fitting way back in our fourth episode, uh, nightmares on Elm streets. So that was one of the first times when I was like, man, this is like really working. You know, we're really coming up with like some interesting things, uh, not just like fucking around, but like some really, really interesting concepts that make me wish the shit really existed. <laughs> I totally agree that. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I wanted to watch our very first one where we brought back Tommy Jarvis and, mm. uh, uh, well, oh God, what is her name? Tina, was it Campbell from Part I think 7? So. Yeah, um, I never remember the last names, but it's definitely yeah. Tina. Um, but yeah, like where where we have, uh, where we had them, you know, going off against Jason, uh, you know, with, with her kids and all that. Like, I yeah. would have loved to watch that. But yeah, n- uh, the ni- Nightmares on Elm Streets. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, uh, that one I was like, damn, I really want to fucking watch this. I know, right? It was such a great way to bring Freddie back. If I do say so myself, you know, it was our our idea, but I remember just being so impressed with it. Like, holy shit, I can't believe we just came up with this, you know? And so, like I said, it's our 50th episode, so we're kind of, you know, sucking our own dicks a little bit, but hey. (laughs) (laughs) Like like Cousin Walter. Um. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're enjoying this episode and you want to listen to some more, we have more in the archive. You can also subscribe, so Definitely check us out at RaisedByRentals.com. All the links are there. Raised by Rentals on the social as well. And, of course, we belong to the Red Pantheon, a super team of podcasters, artists, musicians, etc. It's an art collective of created friends supporting each other and helping to spread the word about rad stuff. So if you like this show, there's a good chance you'll dig one of the other Rad Pantheon teammates as well. And what about you, Mike? What do you got going on? Uh, well, we uh, have on the Boogeyman's Closet, we are currently tackling wrong place, wrong time movies. Uh, just a, a way to get a bunch of different uh, different genre picks uh, under under one banner. As of this recording, the next episode uh, to come out will be Terrifier, which whew, that's a that's a rough movie if you haven't watched it. Um, that and the sequel. Damn. But uh, we haven't quite decided what we got coming up for August yet. That's still kind of in the works. It's up in the air, but uh, I'm sure it'll be one of one of two very fun ideas. Um, and then, of course, uh, Count Creepy had Saturday Morning Monster Mash. We've definitely taken several breaks this summer just due to, you know, Father's Day. And I had a comic convention recently and there was a lot of, of stuff going on. So we uh, but we are coming back. So by the time you hear this, there'll be a new episode of Count Creepy Head out. And side note, I mentioned the comic convention uh, we kept bringing up Tommy Jarvis. I actually got to meet him oh, shit. over this weekend. I met Tom Matthews, and 
super nice dude, like really nice guy. Um, you know, we, we were joking about uh, Return of the Living Dead one and two and like the, the repeat joke in, in part two of like, I feel like this has happened before, like the whole deja vu thing, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, we, we were just we we're having a good time chatting. And um, I ended up giving him two Return of the Living Dead pieces. And he was like, oh, these are freaking rad. Like, he really liked them. So that was it was cool to see. I, I, and and I, I got to once again talk to C.J. Graham, Jason from part six. So I was going to ask you about that one. I love C.J. Graham. I was super jealous when I saw him in the pictures. As much as I love Kane, uh, Kane Hodder, Friday the 13th part six is like my movie. So C.J. Graham oh, yeah. is kind, kind of my Jason. And I'm like, fuck, I'd love to meet him. He's he's such an unbelievably nice guy. Like one of the things you hear about conventions is like how, uh, you know, celebrities, how, how much they charge for their photos. And a lot of that isn't set by them. A lot of that's set by their agent and the talent agency that makes the deal with their agent for the convention. You know that they like a lot of them have no say in what the photo costs are, but sometimes they do have a say in their table photo costs. Um, which is why you got people like Tom Matthews who barely charged anything for a table photo. Uh, same thing mm. with Miko Hughes from Pet Cemetery; He barely charged anything for a table photo. A lot of these guys just want to talk to their fans and they're like, yeah. you know, they make a little bit of money for the, you know, for the trip, but it's like, they're not asking for much. CJ Graham refused to take any money. Oh, like that's awesome. he absolutely, in fact, the, the, the handler that was with him, because we asked, we're like, you know, how much the, uh, for a table photo? And she was like, well, we tried to get him to take money, but he won't. <laughs> and we're like, what? And she's like, yeah, no, you, you can ask, but he won't. So we asked him, he's like, Steve, get out of here with that. Get in here. Get a picture. Like, he was just like, fuck that. You know, and so that's so cool. And I have a feeling the way the handler was asked was was saying that I have a feeling that Nickel City was like, no, 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 you have to charge. And he was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, that's kind of the impression I got from it. <laughs> so and I mean, are you really going to tell Jason? No, like, no, no, no. you're not. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> that's but, so cool. Yeah, sorry to derail the credits. I just wanted to mention that before we got out of here, since we talked about Tommy Jarvis and Jason multiple times. Yeah, no, that's so cool. Definitely cool. No, definitely always glad to hear that. We didn't really get a chance to pimp your appearance at the Nickel City Con because we've been taking our own breaks, you know, here right. at Raised by Rentals as well. And when we tried to set some of that up in our previous recording, but the timing just didn't work out. And so we ended up cutting it out. Uh, so, yeah, so it's a bit of a bummer. We didn't get a chance to let people know you were going to be there, but I'm sure uh, that a lot of people did because, of course, it was all over the social medias, too. Like, oh, I, yeah. saw, I saw a ton of stuff and there was a ton of cool people there. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. But we'll, we'll do better next time if you're going to have an appearance at one of the local cons to try to make sure we mention it here too so any western new yorkers or anyone who's local to the convention where you're going to be at you know can uh, can come and check you out um Definitely. but with that i'll say once again thanks to everyone for tuning into the raisable rentals program for this episode and the 49 previous to this and hopefully we'll have 50 more or even more beyond that don't forget to visit, visit us on the socials, drop us a line, leave a comment, leave a podcast rating. Let us know what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Boy, we're going to have a great time this summer. We got boating and uh, camping and swimming and premarital sex. <laughs>